Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. Tonight, my special guest on the show is Ryan Kirby of Fit for a King. You heard me right. Ryan Kirby from Fit for a King is on Ian Hates Music. Just in case you didn't know, Ryan Kirby is the lead vocalist. He does unclean vocals as well as some of the clean vocals, too. We talk everything to do with their brand new album, Death Grip, that's coming out October 7th on Solid State Records. They've released four singles so far, and it just sounds like this album is going to be amazing. Make sure you go and pre-order a copy while you still can. You know you definitely should support a band like Fit for a King. And obviously, we go into a lot of stuff, so I'm not going to hold you here any longer. Let's get right to it. So in order to give you a taste of Death Grip, I'm going to be playing some of the singles that they've released so far. So we're going to start off heavy right away, and we're going to play Pissed Off for you right now, going into the conversation with Ryan Kirby. So right now, here's Pissed Off from the album Death Grip, coming out October 7th. Enjoy.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ian Hates Music. My special guest today is Ryan Kirby from Fit for a King. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm very good. Now, I know you're answering tons of the same questions because you're doing a ton of press. How is that going for you? Uh, it's going great. There's a lot on this record that I really wanted to talk about, so oh, it kind of works out. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. I, you know, I apologize. I do as much research as possible, but since you're going to be getting some of the same questions for Death Grip, I hope that that doesn't get annoying after a certain amount of time, you know? Oh, no, not at all. If anything, it makes the interview a little easier. Oh, it's okay. almost like uh, pre-rehearsing the questions over and over again. Gotcha. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. Let me start off right away. Everyone knows Death Grip is coming out October 7th on Solid State. Now, you went through a lot when you were going through this record. You've come out and you've said kind of why you wrote the record or after the Paris terrorist attack, that that's kind of when you started everything. Mm -hmm. Was that the biggest difference in mindset between Death Grip and Slave to Nothing? That was definitely one of them. I would say another huge mindset was our bass player tuck who has not been in the he's been in the band for about two years but he joined one week before we hit the studio for slave to nothing ah gotcha and uh having the experiences of him being in the band over two years and being in europe together during the paris attacks that really like got everyone closer so we were a lot more of a, a unit for death grip and we were slave to nothing. And I think uh, all of us kind of growing together is like a family and through it, all these tragic events. And that makes perfect sense. Uh, what I've read is that you started writing most of Death Grip after those attacks, and now you've got your new bassist in as well, You know, growing as a family, like you mentioned. Did you already have an idea of a direction you wanted to go with the next album before all of that happened? Or was this something that kind of just organically grew oh uh, we we always are writing instrumentals i guess bob is always writing instrumentals so we had a few songs that had skeletons but no lyrics had been written yet and the lyrics really started flowing after the event had happened and like our song pissed off instrumentally oh, yeah. didn't even exist yet oh okay until after that so Oh, that's I very... would say only like three of the 11 tracks existed instrumentally beforehand. Oh, wow. None of the lyrics have been written yet. Oh, okay. And is that normally how you guys work? Is it let's get songs completely done, you know, melodies and, and instrument wise, and then you start writing? For the most part, yeah. We I like to write to the music because I think the music can really set a tone. But obviously, uh, if I'm really feeling a vocal pattern or singing part or something, then uh, I'll hit up Bob and we'll try to like write around it. But for the most part, we try to write to the music to fit the vibe of the music. That makes perfect sense. And so you did a ton of work after that whole incident, let's say. Uh, you did a ton mm -hmm. getting this entire album done within that small span of time. Now, do you normally write all the lyrics, or did you also have help from Bob or anyone else for that? Um, I'd say for the most part, everybody uh, throws in their piece. Like, Bob uh, actually wrote most of the chorus of Pissed Off. Oh, okay. Sure. And uh, Tuck wrote the chorus of Shadows and Echoes, and... A lot of the choruses, as a matter of fact, we all sat together and worked on 
as a whole. So I really can't say other than one or two choruses that I wrote the whole chorus. Oh, okay. And as far as screaming parts go, it's probably like 90% me and 10% Bob. I see. You had also reached out to fans for stories as well. Are they the ones that were able to shape some of the lyrics or some of at least the inspiration for what you're trying for in some of these tracks? Uh, definitely. Like, Cold Room was completely about a fan's story about uh, how they had aborted a baby when they were younger and grew up kind of regretting the decision, and then she became pregnant again, right. but felt unworthy of being a mother due to her decision she made when she was younger. And it was her, like, finding a way to forgive herself and move on and be the best mother she could be. Right. I mean, that's extremely interesting. You must have gotten a ton of responses to your questions on that. Would you consider this a concept album based on that kind of stuff? Or would you consider this still you're using your voice as different stories? I'd say uh, I definitely don't know if I'd label it a concept album, though I did tend to pick stories leaning towards death because I noticed that was a very common theme. Almost every tragic event these people talked about revolved around death. Oh, sure. Whether it was their child or their friend or their parent or, you know, suicide or pretty much anything. It was all death. Yeah, it seems to be a prevailing topic nowadays, that's for sure. If it ever left anyone's consciousness to begin with, I guess. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't often, like, delve into specific lyrics but i did you know you've released three tracks so far you have pissed off cold room and shadows and echoes and i wanted to point out a specific part in shadows and echoes you say breaking through the veil placed over weaker minds we live in a time where vultures feast and logic dies and i really really love that part right there can you tell me oh absolutely can you tell me the inspiration behind that i'm i'm not sure there's exactly for just that but i guess in the song in general because i can relate this personally to my life for sure but i wasn't sure if there was an exact event or instance for you that that worked for um a lot of it was fueled by just watching how the preliminary stuff because at the time we didn't know who was running for president yet or anything, and a lot of it was the Republican primaries, the Democratic, and just watching the news. I guess, if you don't mind me going into that, what is your stance on politics and media in general? Are you more of a stay out of the way and kind of deal with things the way you want to, or are you following into the trend of a lot of social media where people are just, you know, they're throwing out their political memes, they're taking stances without really doing tons of research, where do you normally fall on that? Um, I guess to elaborate on that line, the veil over weaker minds is kind of like the media yeah. portraying a certain thing as true when it necessarily isn't. And they kind of prey on the... It's not even that people are weaker-minded if they don't understand politics. It's just that they don't pay attention enough. But the And I wouldn't have an issue with that, but then they go out and vote. Right. Right. So it's almost like people that will admit that they don't care very much about politics will just go vote because the media told them who to vote for. Right, yes. And I guess my stance, because if anybody's followed me on social media, they know that I don't like Trump or Clinton. Yeah. And uh, my view is, but that being said, uh, I'm kind of going all over the place. Oh, no, go ahead. 
that being said, I think it's become like a cool thing to do things they call Trump racist or stuff like that. And I don't like Trump. I'm not voting for Trump, but I just think some people kind of jump on what's cool. Yes. Like what the news told them and then go on stage or go in front of all their friends and say these things. And that really bothers me. No, I, I, I believe completely. anybody should be able to do whatever they want as long as it doesn't affect others or infringe upon their rights. Right. So I just leave it at that. Oh, sure. I completely understand. I, too, it's the same way. I just had, unfortunately, it's, it wasn't an argument. It was just a conversation, you know, once again, social media driven, but of people yeah. that, you know, people that were talking about Trump being racist, but saying, you know, nothing about the other side as well. And it just gets kind of boring because that's the bandwagon that everyone seems to be jumping on and just forgetting that, for me, I'm not a fan of either candidates, uh, just like you mentioned. I don't know. It just seems like that whole voting for a lesser of two evils, and I'm just so sick of it. The way I put it, when somebody says, well, you can't let Hillary in, and I'm like, I dislike Hillary more than Donald Trump. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I understand. I believe me. that's most people. Uh, but they're like, then why wouldn't you vote for Trump? And I'm like, because if you're voting for the lesser of two evils, you're still voting for evil. Right. Very, and very true. so I don't want to be attached to either. That makes Yes, I have sense. a preference as to, yeah, sure, I would not want to see Hillary in there because obviously the last eight years hasn't gone too hot and she'd probably do the same stuff. No, that makes, but, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's what I could care, care less. Okay. But I just want people to, you know, at least be informed right. on that stuff. And that song's really just talking about people will shut others down based on their feelings. Right. And not necessarily on facts. Yeah, I think. And I understand what you say about getting attacked by people <laughs> online because I, I mentioned something about I think the bigger issue in the court system isn't race, I think it's wealth. Right, right. I was like, because look at O.J. Simpson in the 80s when race was a way more prevalent issue. Sure. And he got out with overwhelming evidence. And I was like, because he's a very, he was a rich person. Right. And that rich people need to be held accountable just like anyone else. And then people spun that as, oh, you say racism doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, and I'm like, okay, thank you. It's so crazy. Yeah, that's where you just, you take a step back and you excuse yourself. I heard about that, you know, quote unquote controversy. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's I don't know why people can't just have and you bring up the word logic. I don't know why. Why can't people have logical conversations and have conversations that have context with them and just actually talk? So instead of barring things and instead of having people pretend and just be like, oh, no, I don't think that. But really, they do. Why not just be open with everything and find out who you want in your life and who you don't, who you can listen to and who you won't? Mm -hmm. uh, I completely agree. Sorry, I mentioned tangents all the time. <laughs> Go off on there. Let me ask you this, going back to Death Grip and going back to the differences between the three singles that you've released so far, is that kind of a trend that we're going to see in Death Grip as well, where you're exploring pretty much everything? You're going from having a song with complete unclean vocals in Pissed Off, and then switching things around. I would say Cold Room and Shadows and Echoes are very different as well. Is that something we can see in the rest of Death Grip? 
Definitely, and uh, there's some songs that sound like nothing we've done before, like the title track, Death Grip, on oh, yeah? the record. And uh, there's songs where Bob does the entire chorus with his pitch, and oh, wow. I think we really just, uh, we try to utilize everyone's talents right. in the record. There's a lot more variation in vocal style and everything. Is that an organic process, or is that something where you looked back or you looked forward and you said, hey, I want to try something like this? Or did it just kind of happen naturally? I think it was a product of everyone getting more comfortable with each other and everybody uh, feeling good about saying, hey, I think I could do this part really good. Or there's parts I've written where I can hear Bob or Tuck doing it in my head and say they would do better. So I have them lay it down before me. Or I have them go in after me and say, hey, let's see if you can make that sound better. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense as well. I guess that that actually leads into another question. So you're doing the unclean vocals, you're also doing clean vocals, and then you have, like you just mentioned, you have help with more clean vocals on this album as well. How do you choose the composition? Like, do you decide, hey, Bob would sound better with this much of a clean vocal compared to what I would be doing? Like, did it flow naturally? Or was it something where you're like, I want to scream on this, and I want you to do this? Um, for the most part, they're pretty good about letting me just call that call the shot on who I think would be best on the part. Okay. And uh, there were times where we had all three of us do a part, and then we just all voted on who would be the best for the part. Oh, really? Okay. How did that turn so, out? Were there any <laughs> Were there any arguments on that one? Uh, at first, and then we all settled in and got really comfortable. And I think now that everybody's seeing how well the songs are being received, oh yeah, it'll just make the next record that much better because there'll be a greater understanding of what the that the whole thing is greater than what any of us want individually. I see. And then, does that work for touring as well? Do you kind of do a a voting system for how you're going to work it there, as well as what kind of tracks you're going to play? Uh, yeah, for the most part, we'll group message each other's set lists and stuff. And uh, for parts, like I'll have Bob do a backup part. And if I'm like, hey, this, there's a lot of screaming here, and then I have a singing part, so can you just do the last line so I can catch my breath? Oh, sure. <laughs> before the singing part. So it's just like little, we'll run through it when we're practicing. And if there's any part where I'm like, I could use a little help right here, then I'll kind of let Bob or Tuck help me out. Oh, that's great. And I did want to mention, I mean, you just you just talked about having him fill in on that last line so you'd be able to catch your breath. And I normally do like to talk a lot about, you know, your voice and what you work with because you have a really, really great voice. It's uh, gritty and it's, oh yeah, it's strong. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all the different styles that you're using on Death Grip. But I was looking around and I found that you're doing that web series, the music mentoring where you're actually mm-hmm. going to talk about your voice and everything. How did that come about? Did they reach out? Did you really want to do this for a while? Like, what happened there? I've kind of been, uh, like, dabbing into lesson stuff. And then David, who's the drummer for today, and we've toured with him twice. Yeah. And we've gotten really close with those guys. But he told me that a lot of fans were interested to hear what I had to say about that stuff. So me and him kind of worked together to get the whole thing organized. Is that anything you get kind of nervous about? Have you ever done like webinar? I mean, you get up on stage all the time and you tour around all the time. But is this the first time you've ever done something like this? Um, I guess the first time I've done a webinar, I've 
done individual lessons over Skype and stuff, but it'll definitely be interesting talking to an entire crowd of people and having, because when I'm doing lessons, it's a lot more interactive and I'm basing things on what their skill level is. But on this, I'll be talking to 20 to 70 people right, all at once and having <laughs> to figure out how to relate to all or say things that are relevant to the entire group of people. It's almost like you're going to be able to put the title of teacher or mentor or instructor on your resume. Did you ever think that was going to happen? Yeah. No, I, I didn't. I thought I'd go on stage and scream stuff. Right. Well, you're doing, what's great too is you're doing three days or three webinars. You're doing the first one is the vocal technique. Day two is starting a band and finding your identity, which I think is very interesting as well. And then day three is the business behind touring. Now, I will be subscribing to this so that I can hear all this stuff for our listeners. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, this is really, really interesting to me, especially like I love hearing about vocal techniques, especially, but I don't know a lot of the background. You know, my background's in radio, podcasting, and I'm a chemical engineer, so I don't know enough about taking care of my voice. That's why my previous bands failed. It's because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be fun for me, but could you could you let the listeners know a little bit more of why you decided to do, like we understand the vocal technique, but for day two and day three, like how all that came about? Because um, I, no- I noticed doing lessons, a lot of the most common things I would be asked were about like, or not even asked, they would tell stories of their bands and say, yeah, we were going to get this done, but then this guy bailed and that guy bailed. And it's just such a pain to find members. And some people are like, I don't understand why our music's not clicking and all that. And I realized that it's growing up doing local music, which I still, I have been in a local band technically more than I've been in a touring band. Oh, sure. Right, right, right. I started playing locally at 15 and didn't go on my first tour until I was 21, but didn't actually like start making money and being able to do it as a full-time job until I was 23. Right, right, right. So there was a lot of, uh, I have a lot of experience with member changes, switching bands and knowing, having a pretty good idea of what kind of people you need in your band. Ah, uh, sure. So yes. I think that's a good lesson, like, that people really, and what I like to tell people is, like, don't be scared to kick someone out when right. you're a local band. <laughs> if you have aspirations of something bigger and one guy's not paying his share, ah, sure, go find someone that will. Right, and I think people do need to learn that, because I'm sure, especially if you're a local band, so you're worried you're going to see that person again, coming around, either going to shows or also joining some other band that might be around as well. So that's got to have some awkwardness to it. Definitely. And I've dealt with all those kind of people. I know the concerns, like if they're really, really good, but they don't put any effort in, like getting over that. Oh, sure. Sure. That makes total sense. Well, that's awesome. And I think I'm going to have the link for that so that other people can get involved with that as well. Because that's happening towards the end of September, right? I believe I'd have to look again. It's probably like another that week away, I think. I think it's the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Okay, yeah, I'll okay. definitely be promoting that because I think that's a really good idea. And I know I'm going to learn some stuff, so I'd like other people to learn some stuff as well. Yeah. So that's great. That's great. Well, you that's mentioned fun. you mentioned for today, and I wanted to ask you, so you're going to be on their farewell tour, right? Oh, we're actually not. Oh, you're not on that one? 
Oh, jeez. No, uh, we're going to be out with Beartooth the uh, time they're doing that. You're going to do Beartooth Every Time I Die and Old Wounds then? Yes. Okay. How did that tour come about? Like, are you fans of those bands and you asked them to come out with you, or is that something that got put together by someone else? Um, Beartooth, we got to know them really well on Warped Tour, and things happened after Warped, and they just asked us to come along in their headliner. So we were super excited to do so. They're super cool guys, and we're glad we get to go out with them again. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I apologize for the for today thing. I must have I must have read the wrong thing there. Most people thought we're most people think we're lying about not being on it. Oh wait, are you the surprise? (laughs) Are you the surprise guest that they haven't announced yet? They're like, oh, I get you, and I'm like, no, it's not us, and they're like, oh, I see what you're doing, and I'm like, no, we're not doing anything. We're not on it. (laughs) Well, then I won't I won't press you on that one. Since this is their farewell tour, is this something that's a little bittersweet for you? Do you wish they were sticking around longer to do more music? Or is this something where you know them so well that you're like, okay, that makes sense and this is what's best for everybody? I think it's knowing them well enough to know that uh, most of the people in the band have, I'm saying most because obviously some of them want to keep touring and will. Right. Uh, but most of them feel like they have accomplished everything that they want to accomplish with yeah. music, and they feel like God's calling them to the next chapter of their life, like Natty has two children. Right. And, and all of them are married, I believe. And so I think they just, uh, Natty sees that, I know he has a lot of projects with churches and stuff going on, and I think he just feels like his time needs to be invested. Sure. Sure. In other places, or he's being called to do other things. And I know that they've been touring for almost like nine or ten years. Oh, yeah. And they've they've been everywhere. They've seen everything. They've done successful headliners with sold-out shows, and they'll probably do that again for their farewell tour. Absolutely. So I know they can't ever... I know they won't walk away knowing, oh, I think we could have done more. <laughs> right. That's very true. Well, let me ask you this for touring-wise. What is it that you look forward to the most since you're going to be going out soon? Death Grip is going to be coming out while you're on tour. What's really your favorite part of touring, and what's kind of what are you missing when you're out there? My favorite part of touring, I would say, what I like to tell people is I don't like touring, but I love playing shows. Ah, sure. Okay. As I get older and now I'm married and stuff, I really miss home, and I'm a homebody when I'm at home. I see. So, all the, I'm a grumpy old man that <laughs> thinks the music's too loud. <laughs> gotcha. But I absolutely love shows, and nothing feels better than going on stage and people screaming along and singing along. And that, I feel the same as I did when I first started playing music. Oh, that's good to hear. That's very good to hear. So, that definitely has got old, but sleeping in a van can get old when you're <laughs> right. 25 years old. Exactly. Yes, very true. Have you had a chance yet to play Pissed Off Live? We have not had a chance to play any of the singles yet, so I'm beyond excited to see how many people know the words and pile up and scream them at these shows. You need to, I think you need to do some type of a live stream, I think the first time you play Pissed Off, because when that track hit, when everyone got a chance to hear that, people's minds were blown. Like, that is an extremely aggressive song that I think people just want to see what a pit for that is going to be like because it just sounds amazing. That I'm really excited. I really want uh, I really hope people know the words at the beginning. 
See, oh, that's sure. when I when we write songs like that, we're all talking about like, oh, this is going to be so cool when it hits live and stuff. That was definitely one of those geared towards live songs. Yes, I would imagine so. No, it is. That is a brutal song. It's one of the hardest songs I've heard in a while. And yeah, that's just got to be great. Are you a little bit concerned? And I've talked to different bands about this before who have had their album come out while they're touring. Are you a little mm-hmm. bit concerned about that just in case people don't have time to digest it before you get around to them? Or is that something you kind of like where the album's going to come out and you get to expose everyone right away to your new stuff? I guess the way we're doing it is we're only going to be playing singles on the tour. Okay. So, like, Pissed Off will have been out for over two months, almost three months near the end of the tour. Right. And so I feel like uh, even the last we're putting out the music video comes out two weeks before the album releases. So I think most people will have about a month or two. Uh, So we try to make it to where people would have time to interact and there wasn't like a dead spot in our set. Oh, sure. Are you so proud of this album that you would do a tour where you just played it front to back and then, you know, came on and do an encore of older stuff as well. But do you think this album has that ability? I think it does, and I hope it gets to where we could do that and have a tour. We're hoping to do our first ever actual headlining tour at some point in 2017, so hopefully that works out. Oh, that would be awesome. What type of bands or what do you have an idea, if you're going to go out on tour and you're going to headline for that first time, who would be the people you would take out with you? Uh, One, we would for sure take out Wage War. We've Very nice. been talking with them about touring forever. Oh, that's great. And I could probably name like 10 bands because it would be hard to narrow it down to three or four. But oh, Wage sure. War is one that we for sure, because we've talked about it way too much and too many people <laughs> have asked about it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I saw them for the first time at Warp Tour this summer and they just killed it. They were destroying. Oh, crazy luck. Yeah, that that is a really, really great choice. So that that's awesome. I also wanted to ask, so I was looking at the track list for Death Grip, and you had Jake from August Burns Red, and you have Levi from Miss May I coming on and doing guest vocals as well. How did you decide on who you wanted to come in, and is there anyone that you're still waiting for to come on uh, for a guest track sometime in the future? Uh, we decided on them because we did that August Burns Red Frozen Flame tour at the yep. beginning of 2016. Wait, that was 2015. 2015, yeah, yeah, 2015. Yeah, so we met Jake and Levi on there, so it almost seemed like a no-brainer because we got really close to both of those guys. Gotcha. Do you normally... And August oh. Burns Red's one of our favorite bands from growing up, too. Oh, sure. Like, who is on your list, if you do have one, of who you'd like to invite to do a vocal track on, let's say, the next record? I'd love to get Chester Bennington, but... Really? I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> <laughs> are you a um, are you an old-school Linkin Park fan? Yeah, I love Linkin Park. When you were growing up, were they one of the bands that influenced you to start off with what you were doing? Definitely. They were one of the... Them and Event Sevenfold were the first two bands I'd heard that had a lot of screaming. Oh right! So, well, the first, okay. the first uh, Event Sevenfold album, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Was that when you decided that you also wanted to be a vocalist? I decided I wanted to be a vocalist when I went to my first ever local show and watched my friend's older brother, who was in like a bigger local band, go up and scream. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> and I thought that was a cool. I was like, this looks so cool. And then that's why I decided to do it. <laughs> Very nice. That was in Texas, right? Yes. Are you still located in Texas? I am. I'm a huge fan of Texas. I lived there when I was younger. I try my hardest to somehow get back there. How is everything going there right now? Do you get a chance to go out and see your local scene still? Or are you mostly busy with everything you're doing with your actual band? Um, when I'm home, I don't typically go to any shows just because I I play so many. Right. And you and did say I you were a homebody, too. Band. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm at home, I try to not be around loud noises gotcha. as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> my ears can't take it. Understandable. I can I can get that. Well, what do you do? I know I'm bouncing around a lot, but what do you do normally besides spending time with your wife and everything? Is there anything you do for stress relief when you're home and you're relaxing? Are you a movie person? Uh, Are you a book person? I love movies and I love uh, I play on my computer. Video games I like and everything. Sports, League of Legends. I like uh, NBA 2K17. Oh, okay. What uh, so, weird uh, mix of games. <laughs> Are you an NBA fan as well? Yeah, I'm a huge... I watch a ton of sports when I'm home oh, okay. and even when I'm on tour. Are you by any chance a San Antonio Spurs fan? No, I'm a Maverick fan. Ah, so not okay. a fan of Spurs. We already hate each other then. I need to end this, yep. I need to end this conversation. Not, as long as you're not a Rocket fan. No, we can, we can both agree the Rockets are terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a lifelong San Antonio Spurs fan, so I understand where you're coming from being a Mavericks fan for sure. Now what yeah. uh what type of movies are you normally into? Are you an all-around person? Do you have a specific genre that you normally go for? I would I like tense, suspenseful movies, but I also like comedy. I like I guess I like every type of movie cuz I love war movies too. Anything that you're interested in now, anything that you're looking forward to that's coming to theaters? I just saw Breathe and that was an awesome suspense movie. Oh, very nice. It, so it definitely was worth seeing. Yeah, definitely. And it, uh, it's not, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Oh, really? It's okay. Not really, it's not scary in a horror sense. It's just uh, like it's nonstop tension. Ah, okay. Is it something that you would recommend people see in theaters or is it something that they can rent when it comes out? I'd say uh, movies like that are always better in theaters. Okay. All right. The reason why I ask Comedies, I can typically wait. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, the reason why I ask is because I do the other show, Ian Hates Movies, and I wasn't sure if that was one to go actually see and review or if that was one I could wait and review. So maybe now I have to change my plans around and see if it's still in theaters. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let me me skew it back to, to music here for a second. So in general... I know you said you stay away from loud noises, but is there any bands that you're currently listening to right now that have kind of made an impact on you? Um, I'm really liking the new music Young Guns is putting out. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. I don't listen to a ton of metal. I like, I have like a few bands I could listen to at any time. Like I love Fit for an Autopsy. Oh, sure. Um, I love listening to Wage War stuff. And uh, really, the rest is like Young Guns or old day to remember stuff. Oh, sure. Well, that, what do you think? I mean, I'll have two questions, actually, because Young Guns' new album, actually, by the time this conversation comes out, Young Guns' new album will have come out, Echoes. And I like what I'm hearing so far there. Are you looking forward to that as well? Yes, I am. For A Day to Remember now, did you hear the new album? I 
skimmed through it. The only song I really that's really stuck to me first listen was Paranoia. Oh, okay. So it's not I wasn't too crazy about the others. Nothing really about them made me want to listen to the album again. Ah, gotcha. Okay. But I've listened to that song multiple times. Multiple ah, gotcha. Yeah, we've had on the show we have three well, two opinions that I would say are, are relatively the same on that one, which is two loved it, one was Eh, I don't really do a day to remember anymore. So that's because uh... I I compare the, anything they release to like Homesick, what separates me from you, and for those who have heart. And sure. based on that, I don't think it comes close to the older stuff. Did you see the? Now I know AP doesn't really do reviews, reviews anymore. There's no rating system or anything. They put out that yeah. they put out that sort of quote unquote review that said that this was a better album than Homesick, and that got a lot of people talking. There have been, I've seen the divide. There are the people like yeah. what you just mentioned, where it's definitely not, and there's some people that definitely say it is. I'm not on the say it is level, but I think it's hard to really rate their albums, if that makes sense. Definitely is. I think I've always say to myself, and why this is another thing I'll probably say in the seminar about, not getting too down on yourself when people don't like your band. Right. Is music subjective? Absolutely. But as long as a lot of people don't share the opinion that they don't like your band, then you're fine. Right. That is very true. Yeah, I can't... I mean, you look at what happened with Of Mice and Men, and I haven't seen... Yeah. I haven't seen a, like a rift that big in a long, long time you know, going outside of genre, maybe the new Blink-182 album, but they also went through a huge change without having, you know, yeah. Tom in the band anymore. But if you take that stuff personally, I don't know how you'd ever make it because it's always going to be like that. Definitely. But you can't use it as an excuse to ignore people if you do need to change. Yeah, that's also, that's that's a very good point as well. a hard well. balance. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, from what I'm seeing for the reaction... They're doing well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. They're absolutely doing well. Uh, we just put down an episode where we did a ton of reviews because these last few months have been, you know, every band is releasing an album. So we'll be doing mm. Young Guns. We'll be doing a whole bunch of stuff. Obviously, we'll be talking about Death Grip when it comes out as well. But everyone on the show is extremely excited. I haven't heard any bad press for Death Grip yet. And I saw you posted that review I think it was from mm -hmm. New Transcendence or something. And that yeah. was a hugely positive review. And it's only made me more excited for the album. I'm sure other people as well. Well, I hope everybody loves everything because uh, we had the hardest time picking singles. So the <laughs> last single, the one we have the music video for, is unanimously every member thinks it's the best song that Super King has ever written. Oh, that's awesome. That is... Whereas the other three singles, we thought we could have put any of the other songs in those places, and we would have been just as happy, and we think this next song is like the next level song. Wow. Then you're going to kill it, because all three of those singles are great. <laughs> that's, that's really great to hear. I did want to ask you, on the topic of things changing and things being the next level, so when you look at your album covers, I was really, really surprised at the direction that you went in for Death Grip. It's a very... Mm -hmm. Like simple, understated image with the with the hand and the rose, and you've also used it's white with black, so it's nothing like your previous album covers. Where did that come from? Where was your thought process on that? With uh, artistic stuff, Bob usually handles a lot of that. Okay, and um, 
we saw we toured a lot with this band being as an ocean yeah yeah they're great and uh i think we did two tours with them over the course of slave to nothing's album cycle and we saw some of the work that uh the girl who ended up doing our album art she did a lot of their merch and bob was a huge fan of their merch and we were like you know what our we're calling our album Death Grip. Let's do something kind of like ironic and make it simple right. and pretty. Okay. That makes total and, sense. And we really wanted something people would tattoo on them. Yes, I was. Like that was my Something more thing. iconic because it's like more simple is more memorable. Has anyone ever tried to do a tattoo of one of your previous album covers? Uh, we have a lot of Slave to Nothing album art ones, which those are crazy because yeah. that's a lot more detail. That's a lot of detail. That's really dark as well. Somebody had a full sleeve with just the album art. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. Wow, very We've nice. We've seen some chess pieces. Uh, not so much creation destruction, but a lot of icons. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I just <laughs> I am a big fan of the art for this, so I'm looking forward to it. I got the stuff pre-ordered. So I'll have some more awesome. of the... Thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've, I'll have some of the other merch coming as well. Is that the main piece of artwork there, or is there stuff inside the booklet as well? Uh, there's a lot of stuff inside the booklet, like photos of actual hands with flowers and oh, all right. stuff like that. I know you mentioned that the art is more on Bob, but was there a reason for the rose compared to some other type of flower? Um. In the music video and in the booklet, you'll see it's a white rose. Oh, okay. And All we right. wanted to um, kind of symbolize, like, purity or, like, more frail. Sure. Yeah, the frailty kinda, definitely comes across yeah. for sure. Yeah, especially, and I do like what you said, it's almost, it's that juxtaposition of naming an album Death Grip and having a song, like, Pissed Off, but then doing the understated white rose with a hand, with a frail hand. So I, I, I really do appreciate that. I think that came off very well. Because when you hear Death Grip, you picture this giant muscular fist. Yes. <laughs> or choking somebody. Exactly, like throttling someone. Yes, exactly. Let me ask you this before we close it out here. Uh, I very much appreciate your time. For the, I appreciate you having me. Oh, thank you. For the time that you spend in the the metalcore quote unquote scene, I obviously talk to a lot of different bands there. When you look at the scene in general, is there anything that you think can be improved upon? Are you liking the direction that people are going? The reason why I bring it up is recently the lead vocalist for Atreyu, you know, he mentioned the quote unquote mm -hmm. whiny lead singers and everything going forward, and that's you know, he mentioned that's a terrible direction. But there are so many amazing bands. I mean, your label mates, Forevermore, Silent Planet, Norma Jean, have all knocked it out of the park recently with their new albums. Mm -hmm. And you guys are coming up with Death Grip. Looks amazing. Sounds amazing so far. What do you think this scene needs? Or do you think it's going in a good direction right now? What's funny, when I saw that, I thought the scene was kind of steering away from whiny vocals. I feel like there's been way less bands with the really high-pitched whiny vocals. I think the uh, pitch-yelling thing is getting bigger, like Beartooth, Bring Me the Horizon, doing it. Yeah, Plot New. has been doing it, Plot sure. New. Yeah. And uh, we we do it a lot on this new record. I oh, feel like oh. bands are less whiny now than they have been. But 
I would have thought we yeah. kind of ran into that little corner of the metal core scene that does it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because I never I don't know whiny is always a weird adjective for me. Like I always just thought if you had a high voice, that's the way you sang, and that's just yeah. the way it is. But yeah, just in general, I guess yeah. For this part of metalcore, let's say then, where do you see the future going for it? I think it'll uh, keep growing. I think uh, as long as Warped is doing well, it's kind of turned into Warped as like the metal core tour. Yes, yeah, that's very true. I mean, I would say that. And then also this year, I thought there was a ton of pop punk as well. And I was surprised that oh, the yeah, resurgence. Oh, yeah, that's made a huge resurgence. Yeah, everyone seems to be going. I mean, music is cyclical. I mean, there are tons of new metal bands now. And I never thought I would really hear that again. <laughs> that whole trend is continuing again as well. And I think it's just going to keep going around, and I think the really whiny emo bands like the Hawthorne Heights and all that are going to come back eventually. Oh, sure. They're even, I mean, specifically... going full circle. Specifically, they're still touring. They're on tour right now, I think, with Convictions, if I'm not mistaken. So they just have to keep trucking along until that style's the thing again. Yeah. I think that's a new thing for everyone, is you never really have to go... cycles back exactly wow ryan thank you so much for being on the show i very much appreciate it. i've really enjoyed this conversation now i'm gonna have a link in or links in the description of this episode where to get pre-order bundles and everything but for right now how's the best way for people to support you honestly just pre-order the record or buy the record first week is the best thing right now to get that first week number up that sounds great If you're all set, I think I got everything covered. So thank you very much. I know you're doing a ton of press. I didn't want to take up a ton of your time. I I could obviously obviously continue talking about random stuff, but I know you're very busy. So I'm looking very forward to Death Grip. I think it's going to be awesome. Thank you very much for everything, and good luck in everything in the future. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Thanks, man. Bye.
and we're back. So obviously you might realize why I chose Shadows and Echoes returning from that conversation with Ryan Kirby. I brought it up specifically because of how much I liked it. I learned a lot from that conversation with Ryan Kirby. I hope you did as well. It's always great talking to an artist who is so excited for their brand new music. Make sure you go ahead and you pre-order Death Grip. You can go to fitforakingband.com you can also check out fitforaking.merchnow.com. And believe me, I'll have all of these links in the description of the episode. That way, it's easy. Get some stuff. Make sure you pre-order. It really helps the band out, as you heard him say. And then also, go check them out on that tour that was mentioned before. It's Fit for a King, Beartooth, Every Time I Die, and Old Wounds. That show sounds amazing. So make sure you go there, support them. Pick up some merch while you're there as well. I tried to see if maybe they'd be a surprise guest on the For Today tour. You know, who knows? He couldn't comment on it, but that would be very cool if that was possible for them. Either way, they're going to be headlining shows soon. Death Grip just sounds unstoppable. So I'd like to go ahead and thank Ryan for taking his time out, doing all that press for Death Grip to talk to Ian Hates Music. I'd also like to thank Amy for helping set all this up. Thank you very much. Always appreciated. So once again, make sure to support Fit for a King. You can also support Ian Hates Music by subscribing, rating, and sharing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, really any of the podcast listening apps that you enjoy. You can also interact with me on the show on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Ian Hates Podcast on Facebook it's facebook.com slash ianhates. And then you can also email me, ianhates at gmail.com. To close out the show, once again, thank you very much to Ryan for coming on the show. To close everything out, let's go with the track that's blowing everyone away. You know what it is. It's Dead Memory featuring Jake from August Burns Red. If this doesn't get you pumped for Death Grip, I don't know what else will. So here it is, Dead Memory, and I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.
Misery!